This week on the SA Rugby Oak podcast. A lot of whining, to be honest. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to make for one of the most exciting pool stages in the World Cup that we've had to date. Man, if they're not physically, don't it, don't it, don't it. Like, I don't know. I'll just go wild. I think I get kicked out, like I said. <laughs> Talking about Ireland, very, very controversially, we're going in at number four, baby. Power rankings, Ireland, number four. Welcome to the SA Rugby Oak podcast with me, Matt, the SA Rugby Oak, and my awesome co-host, Tritime George. Yes, we're back. Another week. Another week as we head closer to the World Cup, but just taking a quick minute to uh, pray to the rugby gods. We're both wearing our Stormers jerseys, lifelong fans. Um, <laughs> uh, it, news this week has broken that they found an investor, Red Dicer. They are, uh, as, as we speak, putting it up to the... Uh, the the clubs and hopefully they vote for for this to come in place and South Africa can move away from administration for the best team in South Africa to crack on uh, as they should and be competitive in Europe across the URC and of course the Curry Cup as well. Yeah, I mean they are the most successful Curry Cup side. Um, I know people talk about Super Rugby, but Super Rugby that's old days. URC everything in Europe it's where it's at right now. Let's go, Stormers! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the most successful URC side in South Africa. So that's uh, two checked Thank out. Thank you very much. Um, and possibly next year, the most successful uh, European team. Who knows? We could uh, we could get some good investment. Dobbo, all the way to the stars. Uh, but let's see how it goes. George, we now firmly fix our eyes on the World Cup in France. A week away. Let's talk about the pool system this year. There's a lot of controversy about um, how the pools have, have been laid out. Yeah, I am, I'm on the side of the fence where people think it was drawn too soon. Um, and I saw a recent article on the SA Rugby Mag, which read out what the pools would have looked like now, as if they were drawn last week. I quickly fly okay. through them. And it's... It makes for some interesting reading. Um, so, Pool A, which the Boca are in, would be South Africa, Fiji, Japan, Uruguay, and Namibia. <laughs> right? Wow, a bit of a difference Cape there uh, compared to the Pool of Death. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, Ireland in Pool B would be with Scotland still, Australia, Tonga, and Romania. So, only the really difference, the real difference there would be Australia. Um, yeah. Pool C. New Zealand, Argentina, Italy, Georgia, Portugal. That's, uh, that's New Zealand and Argentina, but look like they would make it through. Easy. And then Pool D, France's pool with England, Wales, Samoa, and Chile. Very different to what we have. <laughs> uh, I mean, not miles off, but there are some big players that are in better situations, I suppose. Well, look... Uh... I think there's there's been a lot of talk about how the pools have been drawn. A lot of whining, to be honest. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to make for one of the most exciting pool stages in the World Cup that we've had to date. Um, I mean, yes, South Africa in the pool of death, but we've got pool of deaths across the World Cup. I mean, obviously, South Africa, Scotland um, and Ireland, we've, we've all talked loads about that. We've got New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, Namibia. Italy could come out of the, you know, the, the starting blocks doing really well. 
probably going to be New Zealand and, and France, but you know Italy are, are playing some great rugby at the moment. We've got Wales, Australia, Fiji, and Georgia, four teams who arguably could pip each other in that. Australia at the moment, not playing particularly well. Wales, a youthful team. Fiji just beating England, and uh, and Georgia just so desperate to, to make their mark in uh, against uh, Tier 1 teams. And then you've got Pool D, England, Argentina, Japan, Samoa. Obviously, we've got Chile as well. It's their first World Cup. But England, struggling at the moment. Argentina, always there and thereabouts. Japan, again, probably have the pedigree from the last World Cups to be there and thereabout. And Samoa with some pretty special players coming back home to play for them. This is going to be the best World Cup to date because of the pool system. I mean, this is where why I say I'm on that side of the fence. But I, I hear what you're saying because I, I, it does make for some mouth-watering TV, mouth-watering rugby games. It's going to be very exciting. I'm going to be watching that um, Pool C very closely with Wales, Australia, <laughs> Fiji. Because um, that'll be that'll be a hell of entertaining. Um, that'll be some very cool rugby to watch. And it'll be nice to see who makes it out of that group. But yeah, I still just think, look, there's not a huge difference. We would have had the easiest uh, pool if, if it was done last week and then we would have people would have been complaining oh but the box the, so this is where you take a six of one half a dozen of another so i agree it's going to be a hell of an entertaining it's going to be the best rugby tournament or rugby world cup that we've ever going to lay our eyes on for uh, as far as we've been around um but i'm still a little bit annoyed but it's fine because we're still going <laughs> to well, look, I think I think you've got to look at it for the, in the context of the last World Cups. There's probably not. It's probably been the first time there's a four-year period where there's been so much change um, from mm. the last World Cup, which is great for world rugby. I'm not sure the gap is closing, as everyone in the north likes to say, but certainly there's been a complete shake-up in this four-year um, cycle. And yeah, if we had left it, uh, look, you look at logistics on planning a global event. You cannot leave it to the last minute to to plan pools. You've got to have the best teams scheduled to play at the best dates in the best stadiums, people buying tickets, people flying over to France, all the rest of it. It needs to be done in a logistical sense well beforehand. And actually, I'm pretty sure it's been done um, like this before. And you know what? We we, we just crack on. Um, you've got to be the best to beat the best. And if, you are, if you're going to be the best and you're going to beat the best, we're going to make it through the pool. South Africa onto the quarters. I think it's going to be really interesting to see who else goes onto the the quarters but uh, yeah watch the space so george with our eyes firmly on the world cup i've decided to draw up a little power rankings for the 20 teams that will be in france this year look i've got a couple of controversial positions here it's definitely not okay. the the world rankings it's definitely not based on that it's based on the form i think they are i think it's based a little bit on their chances in the pools as well um and uh let's get into it please do let me know right. what i've got wrong i will i will so we're starting off number 20 um we're going to go straight in there with chile it's a world cup debut for 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 chile if you've not been to a tournament like that before, it's going to be pretty hard to make your mark. I think uh, from what I've seen, they've played a little bit of a little bit of rugby getting into the World Cup, but they're looking quite good. But I do believe the emotion of the event, you know, those Latin Americans do feel the emotion quite a bit, might just be a little bit Big too passion. much to... Yeah, look, whether they're going to get into the... Um, 
you know, into a win or not is, is, is for debate. Um, number 19, Portugal. Last World Cup they were at was 2007. Um, they impressed, I think, knocking out USA or in matches against USA this, this year. Um, still there, number 19. I, I don't have much else to say uh, about them. Romania, always at the World Cup. They're in 18. I just didn't see enough against Italy to make me think no. they're anywhere near um, the kind of quality that's going to potentially get a win or two in their group. Yeah. I mean, they're in the, they're in the pool of death <laughs> yeah, <laughs> against three top five teams. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna enjoy those battles. They're gonna learn from it. But mm. look, you know, firmly rooted towards the back end of the of the power rankings at seventeen, Uruguay. Of course, last World Cup they they stunned us by beating Fiji. Um, I don't think they're going to come that far this year. In fact, no. bold prediction, they're going to lose to my number 16, Namibia, handing Namibia their first win in World Cup history. Tutti, Alistair Gutsia coming back into world rugby for redemption, getting Namibia that that first victory in World Cups that they so deserve. They're such a passionate team. They're always there and thereabouts. They're in at 16, and I think they're going to get it this time round. Going on to number yeah, 15. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Going on to number 15, we've got Japan. I don't know, George, what do you think? They just aren't what they were in 2015, and they definitely aren't what they were in 2019. Yeah, their form has taken a quite a dip. Um, and I don't know if it's a case of um, new blood coming in or just some stale blood. I'm not sure, but it's just not gelling the way they were previously. Like 2019, I mean, obviously they're at home. They were incredible. They beat Ireland and Scotland. I mean, uh, yeah, they, yeah, and they, and they qualified through it. It was it was outstanding. And they they, yeah, and they had to take on us in the in the quarters, um, and they put on a hell of a good show. So I agree with you there because shame. I, I just don't see them where they used to be. They're not quite there. Yeah. And and just pipping them into the into number fourteen is Georgia. Um, again, always there and thereabouts at World Cups. They've got such good forwards. They've got such good players now coming through the European systems. I think they're going to be dangerous. Um, probably get their win against mm. Portugal. Uh, not too much else. Shame. I know because a lot of people push for them to be in the Six Nations because um, they they are knocking the door, but they, they're not there yet. They are, I think Italy's coming into good form now. So Italy would, for me, right, stay no, in Italy the have, I know we're in, yeah. Italy yeah. have pulled away from them significantly, yeah. I think, at this point. Yeah. And that's funding, and that's not being in, in top competition. So it's kind that's of a, a double-edged sword there. Tonga in at 13, stars like uh, Peter Aki. Um, we've got Malika Fektoa and uh, Charles Pitau in the team. It's going to be amazing to see how, uh, how they do with sparking that back line. But again not in the greatest pool for, for doing anything special, I'm afraid. No, no shame. And they've also just missed out. I think Izzy Falau was due to play, but injury. So can you imagine that would have been quite a filthy backline. <laughs> and the, the, um, the, the, the red card to, was it George Malaya, um uh, that yeah. is going to rule him out. Pretty significant. Their depth at 10 probably isn't anywhere near his level. Um, number 12. No shame. Number 12, you know, fellow Pacific Islanders, Samoa. I think they pushed Ireland, Ireland mm -hmm. B team, but they pushed Ireland all the way. Should never have happened in Ireland. Um, I think with 
Lima Sopoanga uh, at Pivot. They're gonna they're gonna have some fun this World Cup and see what happens. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun for them, and I, I think they will. I have a feeling there's going to be one upset victory for them. That's just okay. Me. That'll yeah, be awesome. I think, I think we'll be, yeah we'll all be behind them. Yeah, hundred percent. At eleven, not quite cracking the top ten is Italy. Thought long and hard about this, but they are knocking on the door of that top ten power ranking position with guys like Ange, um, uh, Capuozzo, uh, Thomas Allen, Monteoni. That backline is fire. Their forwards, their, their their props, and things like that have always been decent. I think they've got definitely it in them for maybe not an upset win, but to pull New Zealand and France pretty close and look ahead to next World Cup because these guys are coming at you. Yeah, they've got a nice young team um, and they're gelling really well together now. Um, so hopefully gone are those days where Italy is just a walkover. Um, and a yeah, shame they've got New Zealand and France. It's not ideal. Um, but yeah, hopefully they do well. Great. Heading into the top 10 and propping up the top 10 is England. <sighs> Ooh, I could not, Ouchie. in all honesty, label them any lower than a top 10 power rank team. But let's be honest, it's all going wrong for England. Borthwick has come in, in my opinion, completely the wrong time. Uh, he's not managed to get his players to play any kind of rugby that you look at and, and have any confidence in. However, smacks of 2007, easy side of the draw. Might stumble mm -hmm. their way into some decent, you know, position if we can get into a semi-final. It'd be, I think, unbelievable for them. Um, but you know, this is building blocks now for Borthwick for next World Cup. It's also just—you never know when you get two or three wins behind you in a tournament setting, and and you can just get a bit of a roll on. But I don't believe they've got anything to to really challenge. No, I, I agree with you on that one, actually. they um, Like you've said now, Borthwick came in at a tough time. He's no Rusty Erasmus. I think he's only had a few years of coaching under his belt, sort of high-level coaching where Rusty's been doing it. Head coaching, head coaching. Head coaching, head coaching. But where, so Rusty obviously was what? He was given, was it 20 months or whatever it was to get the box ready for the last World Cup? Can't remember the exact timeline. Borthwick's been chucked 18 months. Here we go. Good luck. Um, so I feel for him. Uh, but it just needs the players to, they need to back each other. Um, yeah, not, they, not even 18 yeah, months, George. Opening, not, yeah. I, I think eight months. He started just before oh, this, God, I um, was 18. <laughs> the Six Nations. So I, I don't think he's had so the effect they quite thought he would. However, let's move on to number nine, Wales. Despite their youth, I think they're better coached than England. I think they've got better energy. They've got better passion. And they do have some yep. players like Dan Bigger, who can boss a game. And those youngsters from Wales, you know, never yeah. write them off fully. It's a tough pool they're in as well. Um, well, look, it's quite an yeah. evenly matched pool, let's say. So tough for them. Yeah. Um, and they, they come in at number nine. I think that win against England and, and how they in pushed England so close against Twickenham just put them into number nine for me. Yeah. Australia. That's fair. I, I, I know Australia, number eight. Uh, better power rankings than Wales and England. I know they haven't won a game under Eddie Jones. I know all these things, but I just think Eddie has got something up his sleeve. He always does. And I think they'll come in and they'll rock and roll a little bit and probably, you know, get into the quarters and maybe, maybe get knocked out. Then number seven, 
Yeah. Australia's biggest rivals probably at this stage in the group. Fiji, amazing win against England. Ooh. Their fans were nice. absolutely incredible last weekend. Um, and could, could they do another 2007 World Cup, George? I mean, they could. I mean, who they got? They got Wales, Australia, Georgia, Portugal. Come on, I'd love to see them go through. The vibe at, at Twickenham um, on was it Sunday looked incredible. Saturday, sorry, looked incredible. Um, and I think they can bring that through and do another 2007. Definitely. Come on. And their coach made a great point. He said, "Look, this is the first time heading into a World Cup. They've had a couple of months together as a squad, and look at what they've done. They've come and bowled mm. over England, albeit a, a pretty tragic England team." Um, yep. But they shouldn't have done that, not at, at Rugby HQ. They go into pool stages, I think, flying high, no. flying Fijians, let's go, win the pool. Come on, let's have some awesome, awesome rugby from you guys. Number six, we're going to go to Argentina. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they're the third best rugby championship team. They've played some solid rugby. They are a tournament team, and they're used to doing well at World Cups as well. So I think they're going to be well positioned to 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 challenge maybe not go all the way but certainly in that side of the draw to challenge to get into a semi-final yep number five scotland south africa b team some say um <laughs> what what if you could have asked for the perfect scotland prep for this world cup you would have got a win against france just to beat a proper proper side at the moment um, yes, they lost the weekend later, but against a full-strength French team, they did really, really well in France. I they think did. they've had a great preparation. They did, and I think um, your your ranking of them fifth is fair. I know they are fifth currently in the world. Is it? Are they still fifth actually? Um, oh, around about. There. But anyway, anyway, they've had a hell of a, a warm-up sort of season, if we're going to call it that. Um, they are looking well coached, well-oiled machine, and it helps when you've got two. Incredible wings from Fox Country <laughs> and um, <laughs> some solid beef up front as well. It helps, but they've got that general at Finn Russell, and he's dangerous. You never know what he's going to do, ever. Um, so I think it's fair, though. Fifth is fair. Yeah, Finn Russell is, is a quality player, and I, I can't wait to see what he does because he likes to prove people wrong. And uh, yeah. you never know, one slip up from Ireland, and all of a sudden, you know, Scotland might be in there. <laughs> Talking about Ireland, very, very controversially, we're going in at number four, baby. Power rankings, <laughs> Ireland, number four, number one team of the world at number four. Matt, are you crazy? Well, a little bit crazy. However, I just am not a believer in Ireland. They are the the rugby version of the pro tiers, always go into, into World Cups year after year as one of the top teams. Um, and never pull anything out the bag. I don't think it's going to be any different this year. I think as soon as they come up with top opposition, they're going to get knocked out, whether that's New Zealand, whether that's France, um, if they make it into the, the quarters, which I'm pretty sure they will. Um, I just yeah. think there's too much expectation on them. They haven't played well in the World Cup, warm, excuse me, the World Cup warm-up games. Um, and quite frankly, during the Six Nations, they looked beatable. You look at the end of the autumns last year. We we lost them by three points, playing pretty badly. So I definitely think they, yeah. power rankings wise, are the fourth team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they're unbeaten this year, so that that's why this is very controversial as well. And they're the number numero uno team, but they just don't 
just don't like against Samoa. I know it was the B team. Uh, I think they were playing in France, actually, like a wet and humid France, and it it just um, it didn't look scary. And then again, also when they beat England, yes, I know they beat them twenty nine ten, but I wasn't thinking, oh God, we are buggered. I was thinking we can beat these guys and we should yeah. beat these guys. Um, so yes, I, I am on board with your power ranking on number four. Come at us, whoever you are. And therefore New Zealand goes into number three. Yes, yes, the Springboks beat them by a record number that anyone has beaten them last weekend. But let's be honest, it was a World Cup warm-up match. They have had pretty, pretty great preparation this year, mm-hmm. winning the Rugby Championship for the fourth time um, under Fozzie. The games they played in the Rugby Championship, of course, unbeaten. I thought they were great uh, against Argentina, particularly in Argentina, not an easy place to go. Mm-hmm. And that 17-minute blitz against South Africa, of you know, they, they, they beat us fair and square. I still think they're yeah. the third best. They know how to do it. There's, they've still got players who know how to do it um, and players who are winners, used to winning and expect to win. So in at third, just Pipping Island. Second, got South Africa. I've got the Republic power rankings going into second. We are second in the world. Um, I think we're peaking at the right time. I think... Everything that Rusty says, I'm eating it up. I'm believing it. I'm on board. I'm on the Rusty train again for this World Cup. The expectation is now there, but I think these players are um, good enough to handle the expectation. And you saw against Mm -hmm. New Zealand, albeit a World Cup game, the dog come out. And we're going to hit some some, some teams yeah. in the face. We're going to come at them, particularly Scotland and, and Ireland. And I think we're going we're gonna to scare some some people at this World Cup. I, I bloody hope so. But yes, I agree with you with that ranking. Um, yeah, and there was a bit of controversy with this warm-up game because we did this whole 7-1 split. We didn't do it on purpose. Vili had back spasms. And Quacha does cover wing sometimes. He's quick. He plays sevens. Um and we've just got that depth, which not many tier one nations have. We've got depth for days. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm happy. Second is absolutely fair because I know who's number one and they're bloody at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's the French. I can't look past France going into this World Cup in their home World Cup with the last three years they've had just getting better and better and better with eyes firmly focused on the World Cup. Look, they are now, what, third in the world, but I think they're still number one for this World Cup. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. A little bit of controversy thrown around. Not quite the world rankings, but, you know, I think it's a fair reflection, and I'm glad that you agreed on all of them. George, let's move on to a little game we like to call Two truths, one try. <laughs> we enjoyed this last week. Um, but yeah, for those who didn't get a chance to listen or watch, basically I'm going to throw some questions at Matt and he needs to figure out which the lie is out of the three questions that I throw his way. Got three categories, Boca, me, and Rugby World Cup. You tell me which one the is the, the try. And we will figure out some sort of punishment because no shots today. It's a school day. It is indeed. Um, Check out our <laughs> socials at SA Rugby Organ at Try Time George for whoever's going to be doing the forfeit out of this three-round competition. There we go. So kicking things off with Boca. Um, here we go. 
Percy Montgomery holds the record for test points. Next one. Brian Habana has been issued with the most yellow cards. And the next one. The box had the longest winning streak between 1998 and 1999. Which one is the try? Okay, so easy one for me is... Uh... Box under mallet, 98 to 99, I think is true. Uh, I think it was 16 or, or 18 wins. Um, the other two have actually bamboozled me a little bit. So Percy Montgomery as the, the top point scorer ever, are you saying, for the box? Yeah. And Brian Abana, most amount of yellow cards ever for the box. Yes. So Percy Montgomery holds the record for test points, and Brian Abana has had the most yellow cards. I'm going to have to say the lies, Brian Abano, yellow cards. I think he's had a few, but I, I just can't see him. Well, prepare to be bamboozled, my friend. The lie, the try, is actually the winning streak. I muddled the years up. It was between 97 and 98. Oh, <laughs> um, completely so unfair, bamboozled. <laughs> 90, 17 tests we won between 97 and 98, and I'm pretty sure there's still Nick, Nick Mallet. Um, yes, Percy Montgomery does hold the record for most test points, scored 893 points in 192 nice. tests. He also holds the record for the most points scored in a test with 35. Bloody hell. Very good. Very and Brian good. Abana has received seven yellow cards. Wowzer. No, fair Scott enough. Berger's got six. <laughs> fair enough. See ya? One nil to you. Fair enough. I'm sorry I tricked you there. But anyway, on to me. It's all about me. Right, so I have been injured by a former professional rugby player. I have received two cards throughout my playing days. And last one, I have received only one man in the match performance in my playing days. I actually don't know this one at all, so it's going to be a complete guess Ooh. for me. Um, I would be surprised if you've had more than two yellow cards. I think you're quite a fair player. Um, although, um, mm. man no, of the I'm match one in your career, I think I'm going to go for is true. Uh, so I do not think you've been, what was it? Injured by a former international rugby player. Not international, just a pro oh, player. I should have said player. that. Is that, is that, Sorry. Yeah. No, I will still go with okay. that one. You've not been injured. I don't think you get injured. <laughs> uh, I do, I, I did, um, but unfortunately for you again, my friend, that is, oh, no. that's the truth. Um, so I was injured by Taz Fuzani. He played a couple of games with the Storm. Oh, yes. and he's, yeah, yeah. I tried to tackle him. And when I say try to tackle him, this is Villagers versus UWC. And I threw my body at him because he weighed about 116 kgs. And I think I weighed, it doesn't look like it now, but I weighed about 95. And he ran the hell over me and my shoulder. I had AC joint problem. I was Ooh. in, yeah. Anyway, I was out for five weeks. Fair enough. <laughs> Looks like I have lost this week's with a round to go, but let's still hear it. Let me try and get Here some redemption. Here we go. So World Cup related. Um, kicking things off. Canada are the only team to receive two red cards in a match, in one match. Hmm. George North was the youngest player to feature at the Rugby World Cup at 18 years and 340 days. And Richie McCaw holds the record for the most winning appearances in World Cup history. 
I think it'll be hard to just to, to find anyone who's got more of a winning record than Richie McCall. Um, so we will we will work that. Canada two red cards. I'm thinking that 95 game against South Africa. Didn't the lights go out and came back on and there was a massive brawl, um, load shedding back in the All day. Sorts. I might be wrong. Um, and oof. what was the second one you said? Um, George North, the youngest player oh. to feature in a regular. I think cup he was game. the youngest player, you know. Um, but there might be someone from Georgia or somewhere, you know, Romania or something like that. I'm gonna say George North was not the youngest player. Um, damn, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> ah, so he was, so he was the younger, he was the youngest try scorer, but the youngest okay. player was Georgian. I'll try to say his name, Vasil Lobzehandize. Oh, <laughs> he was 18 that, that years <laughs> was against Tonga uh, no Namibia sorry he played against Namibia in the 2015 World Cup 18 oh, nice. years is he still playing? so 2-1 um, I can find out for you I think he'd only, he be, about, he he'd only be. be about 26 so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a baby oh, that's amazing um, well look keep an eye out on the socials guys I will be doing a punishment this week <laughs> And um, so if you're watching it now, you'll you'll likely see me have a couple of punishments. Whatever George wants to throw at me on, on the social media. Now we're going to head into one of my favorite parts of the show. Something we missed out on last week. It's George versus the machine. George versus the machine. George, yeah. we've asked AI to ask you a couple of would you rather questions this time rugby oh, no. world cup related are you ready i think so let's go <laughs> first question george at the rugby world cup in france would you rather have the chance to participate in a halftime exhibition match at the rugby world cup or give a motivational speech to one of your teams before the final match? Um, I think... Oh, I think I'd like to do the speech. <laughs> I'd do it for the booker. I would be in that change room losing my mind. <laughs> and and what would up. you say, George? You walk into the booker changing room. We're in the final of the World Cup. What would you say to the boys? Man, if they're not physically donor, 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 like I don't know, I'll just go wild. I think I get kicked out, like I said, <laughs> but I'd love to do that. George, would you rather see a stunning last minute try that changes the course of the final in favor for your team, or see a series of perfectly executed conversions and penalty kicks to win the game? Oh, I'd love to see a try. Uh, a try, a game-changing try. Yes, please. That would be juicy. Does your heart have the co capacity to cope with 79 minutes of the Boca losing, though? Absolutely We're getting not. I'll be, <laughs> I will be <laughs> on a hospital bed with an IV drip in my arm, but I'll be, I'll be screaming for the Boca. <laughs> All right, we're going on to the last one, George. Would you rather have the ability to predict the outcome of every match at the World Cup accurately or 
have the power to influence the performance of your national team in one match? Oh. There's a lot of betting um, that could be made on predicting the God, yeah. scores here. I mean, I'm not a greedy man. Um, and I see a very tough quarter final. So I'd love to be able to get that right for the for the boys. So but that's, I don't that's, think the betting. That's a little tough one as well, though, because it's a little bit like the old MasterChef, uh, MasterChef Australia <laughs> immunity pin. Um, when do you use it, mate? You know, you could have a tough game in the pools and you get an itchy trigger finger to use the, the immunity. That's that's a lot of responsibility. I know, I know. But can you imagine we've got France in the quarters and the, the stud France say, and then you just go, Boca in your face and we win. <laughs> You'd love that. I would love that. I would love it. But what if you'd used it on Ireland with Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> and you're drinking the Guinness and you're sweating and you're worrying and then we you know we would have beat them by 20 points anyway but you didn't have the nerve uh, st I'm still sticking to my guns I'd take the MasterChef immunity pin and use it in the quarters and then that it depends who it's up against to be fair but it is against New Zealand or France if we make it there and New Zealand are tough to beat as well so uh, I'm keeping the pin if we're going to call it that. There we go. You heard it here first. AI, once again, you've baffled <laughs> the mind in some incredible questions. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I've had an amazing time talking to George today, talking through the power rankings, all the rest of it. I'm so excited. One more week, baby. Come on. Catch us on YouTube at SA Rugby Oak, uh, on our socials at SA Rugby Oak on Instagram for me, at Tritime George for George. Please follow us, uh, like us, subscribe, listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, watch us on Spotify as well. Anywhere you can find us, we'll be there. Loving the comments you're sending through, and we'll see you after the first World Cup match.